Hey, hockey world, what's happening? It's Jeremy Roenick. Welcome to another edition of Snipes and Stripes right here on NoFilter.net. Really excited for a couple of reasons. Number one, to bring on my partner in crime, Mr. Tim Peel, one of the best referees in the history of the game. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Doesn't care what anybody says. Peelsy, good to see you again this week. We had a crazy night of hockey last night. All 32 teams were in action. We we're going to get to as many topics as we possibly can. Uh, for all you guys that are joining us that are watching on nofilter.net, I want to say this week's show sponsored by my whiskey. Again, whiskey in the wild. I am always drinking it during the show. It makes me feel good. Also puts a little um, little buzz in my brain, so it allows me to say some things that, uh, that, that you people like to listen to. So I love that. So, Peelzy, I know you got something excited to bring everybody to. Sounds good, JR. Thank you. Uh, we've got the World Series starting this Friday with Arizona and Texas. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football and MLB at your fingertips and, uh, with Bet Online's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds, and the NHL, of course. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each uh, game throughout the series. Head to the website to use our mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you to Bet Online for being a sponsor. Bet online is not a bad thing to be having on our show, especially when baseball World Series is starting and my Arizona Diamondbacks are in the final. I love it. I can't believe it. They've uh, they've defied all the odds. Wild card team that is now playing for the World Series, and again. Uh, we thank you for all of our sponsors for believing in us because we think that uh, our podcast is the most informative, the most fun, and sometimes the most controversial right here on Snipes and Stripes. So we're going to go right into it because it was 32 teams last night, 16 games. And I kind of want to start with the Buffalo Sabres because Monday was very quiet. It was very quiet in, as hockey goes. And all the only game that was Monday was Buffalo at home versus the Montreal Canadiens. And I know Joe, our producer, is listening, and I know he loved the game that Montreal beat Buffalo, but this is what I want to know. Where in the hell was Buffalo's head? Where was their effort? Where was their intensity? Here's a team that started off the season poorly. And, I, Timmy, I think you would agree with me that Buffalo has not started off very well this season when a lot of expectations were a little bit higher for them. Would you agree with me on that one? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So now you, okay. So now you're the only team in the National Hockey League playing. You're at home. You slept slept in your own bed. You got a good good night's rest. You have Montreal that's coming into your own building. And granted, Montreal is a good team, but they're not. I would think one of the upper echelon teams, a team that we would think Buffalo should handle, and they don't even show up. They don't even come to play in their own building and beat a team and get some momentum, knowing that the next day they're going into a tougher place to play against a tougher team in the Ottawa Senators. And Buffalo just absolutely stunk up the place in front of their own fans. And I want to know, what are they thinking? Like, where is the where is the. Uh, where is the, the desire to win? Where is the the passion? Where is the pride and the and and the how angry angry you have to be to start the season the way they do and not take it out on Montreal at home and get get going and get ready for Tuesday? Where was it? 
You know what, JR? I think the biggest issue that that I when I look up and down that lineup, we've got obviously we've got tremendous D with Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin. Up front, Tage Thompson, Skinner's off to a good start. I think he's got seven goals. I look at the Kyle Poso is a phenomenal guy. Phenomenal yeah. guy. I love him as a person. He's I think he's they've kept him on. I think he's 38 now as in a leadership role. I don't know if they have the leadership at the top to get these young guys fired up. And, yeah, but, yeah, but Peelzy, why do you need leadership? Like, uh, like every single player in that locker room should be pissed off at the way that they've started the season. And every single player, you're a professional. You get paid a lot of money. Like, how, how do they go into that game as lackluster and unprepared to play a game and and play such a piss poor game when they're the only game in town. And like I said, where's the sense of urgency? Where's the passion? Now, that being said, they come in to last night's game the next day and they go into Ottawa, a better team. And they had to travel and they didn't get as much sleep and they pretty much ran Ottawa out of their own building. I mean, they just they just thumped them. It was a closer game at the end because they Ottawa got a couple goals, but Buffalo was the complete opposite. So what makes them play like that on Tuesday and show passion and show like they care when the night before they didn't? Does that not frustrate you as much as it frustrates me? Absolutely, but I I think I think that that's the the game today. I don't think. You know, for example, I live in St. Louis and Kairou's not up. He's got one point in seven games. He's done nothing. I don't think they take it to heart. I don't think these young guys that have these big contracts take it to heart like you did in players. Ten Are they just too comfortable? Are they just too comfortable? comfortable. They, they, they make so much money. They come to the rink. Like, they, do, do, they, do they not? Like, I would be sitting in my house or in my car seething. Yeah. Not, I couldn't wait to get on the ice to, to inflict some pain, to hit somebody hard, to score a goal, to get a win, and bust my ass on the ice knowing that I have 20,000 fans and some of the most passionate fans in all of hockey, all of hockey, that are sitting here de- like depressed at the way we're starting the season. But they come out against Montreal and actually throw up an egg? It, it drives me crazy. The 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 lack of passion and the lack of, of preparation sometimes that I see in these kids, it makes me want to scream. And I'm trying, I'm trying not to scream, even though I'm not doing a very good job of it. Um, and you, I think you made mention of somebody who did scream at his team, which I love, which I want to see more of uh, in, in Zadorov with Calgary. Exactly. You know, I love, I've always loved that guy. I know he's not a top four defenseman, but this guy, big Russian guy, strong, can hit, can shoot. You know, he made a comment in, in Canada, of course, and that was obviously going to garnish a lot of headlines. And he said, I don't think my team, we're not playing with any heart and character. And uh, a lot of, I heard a lot of his teammates didn't like it, but I look at. Oh, they didn't like it. Oh, you hurt my feelings. Don't call me out in front of everybody. Yeah, poor Nazem Kadri, who's getting seven and a half, eight million bucks a year, and he's got one point. He's probably upset that that big Z called him out. 
And uh, I think we need more of that in this league. And But to your point, they get too comfortable. And and they've got the best trainers. They've got the best cooks. They've got charter best planes. They stay at Ritz-Carlton's. There's, they don't have a, pro, a worry in the world. I think they're just spoiled. But the, but the pride has got to come in. And I love what Zadorov did. I love the fact that someone stood in front of a camera or stood in front of a media person and called out his players. And you know what? If, I, if I'm Zadorov, I don't give a crap what my teammates think because right. they deserve it. And you know what? So what if you're soft? So what if I hurt your feelings? We're not here to protect feelings. We're here to win hockey games. And we're here to give the fans that pay their hard-earned money a good show and win hockey games for them. And good for Zadorov because more people should do it. When are we going to get back to the to the hard nose, in-your-face coaching where you, you don't have to make the person feel good? When you feel good is when you put an honest effort into the game and you give an honest um, uh, effort to the system. Well. When, like when is that going? When is that going to be the? Right. I think the the calling card and the rep and the coaches, if they don't bring that that juice, can yell at them and not be worried that they're going to go to the management and say, "I don't like him. I don't want to play for him." Like the like the Calgary guys did with That's Sutter. What I was just going to say, they they ran Sutter out of, Sutter out of town because he was too hard on them and they didn't like him and they're their postseason meetings and so on. And that's why, you know, they had to, they let him go. Well, now you've got Ryan Huskin there as a good young coach. And so you guys better step up to the plate and let your, your, uh, let your, you know, do the, do the, let your talk and do the walking or whatever that expression is, because now it's, it's time to, to, to step up and pay the price. And that, I, you know, accountability, man. Accountability. 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 Seven games played, one assist. Are you kidding me? That's embarrassing. It it, it is. And and you know what? If if anything, he he should do, Kadri should do what um Alex Tuck did after last night's game. Because Alex Tuck had a great game in Ottawa. He had a terrible game the night before at home. He had a great game. He scored, he scored a beautiful goal, made a beautiful play. And he sat in front of the media and kind of apologized to his fans that he hasn't been playing well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, love, I love, I love Tuck. I think he's a tremendous player. I he, you know, Brady, Brady Kachuk is you and I, we both love him. We know how he plays. And I like that. I like that, you know, Brady was going to the bench and he wasn't looking and Tuck kind of put his shoulder and he knew what he was doing. And he knocked him on his ass, and Brady got up, and Tuck goes, "Okay, let's go." And yep. and they gave him an instigator. They gave Brady an instigator, which in the in the last five minutes of the game means he would be suspended and not be able to play his last game, his next game. And I tweeted out right away. I go, "That's not an instigator penalty." I go, "If they if they suspend him, then that's just not right." And they rescinded it today, and he's not going to serve the, the one game suspension. Oh, that's good. That's good. But, but, yeah, to your point, I love that we need we need more guys like Tuck. I loved him. I love I loved it. Well, we need more we need more guys in this league to have tougher, thicker skin and not be so um, offended when somebody yells, screams, uh, critiques, or calls them out by their play. Because there's a lot of guys in the league right now. We're a lot of guys in the league that their play could be critiqued in a big way. You just yeah. said you just said Kadri. 
um, I would I would like to see and and ask since it's all Connor Bedard uh, with the National Hockey League and all the media. I think it's kind of slowing down a little bit right now for yeah. good reason. But in the first six or seven games, a Connor Bedard grade from you would be. I'd give him a B plus. I'd give him a B B plus. A B plus. You know what I would what I would do for B plus when I was in school? I'd kill for a B plus. <laughs> tell me, please tell me. And I, like I said, I'm not being overly hard on Connor Bedard, but then again, I can be overly hard on Connor Bedard because the the media and the NHL have thrown him in my face like crazy, making him comparing him to Gretzky and comparing making him the top 10 players in the league and making him the next great one. But you can't go three games and two out of the three games go pointless and shotless and have a, a terrible face-off percentage. So to me, I think he's struggling. I think he's, he scored a goal last night, but they took it away because of an offsides call, which we'll talk about in a second. But I haven't seen anything from Connor Bedard that would that would even put him in an A or a B grade. So I think we need to, and you and I have, have talked about this. I think that he's played seven games. He's got two goals, two assists. Corey, Pitt, listen, Jr. Corey Perry is the leading goal scorer or leading scorer for the Chicago Blackhawks with five points. Okay, this isn't a team that scores a lot right now. So Connor Bedard's in second place with mo- most points in the team. That kind of tells you how offensive that team is. So, you know, I said it for, uh, on our first show. He's playing with Ryan Donato and T- Taylor Hall. It, it's going to take him a while. It's the NHL. It's not junior hockey. I, I get it. I get it. Of course, it's going to take him. Of course, it's going to take him a while. He's 5'10", 170 pounds, soaking wet. And I just don't see him that strong. He's going to have to grow into the superstardom that the league is putting him on right now. He's going to have to. He he looks he looks like he looks like a freshman in high school out there compared to some of these guys. These guys are bigger. They're stronger. They're throwing him around. Yes, he can skate. Yes, he can shoot. I think he's he. I think he's trying to to figure out the speed. I think. I think his brain is trying to catch up. Yep. But again, this is why I told the media and the NHL, leave the kid alone. Let let him find his way. Because right now, he's got to be pressing like crazy right now, um, especially with two of the last three games with zeros all the way across the board. I think a good analogy or a good comparison is, is comparing him to a, a young Jack Hughes. When Jack came in the league, Jack was really slight. He was, yep. he was highly touted, and now in his fourth or fifth season, he's got 14 points in five games. I'm watching Jack Hughes every Sick. night. It is amazing, amazing. So I know what you're saying, and it's really not Connor's fault. Like you said, it's the media, and they hyped him up so much that we expected. You know, we, we, we saw reports this year that, oh, he's going to get 80 points, 90 points. If he gets 60 points, I'd say that's a really good year. Too much put on him for a kid that's 18 years old and it's not his fault. Yeah. I love that comparison with Jack Hughes because Jack Hughes was the number one and they didn't tout him the way that they're touted, that they're touting Bernard Bedard. Um, Maybe, maybe because Jack Hughes is American and they're not going to tout him like that, but it took, 
it took Jack a couple years to find his pace, to find his his comfort zone. Now he's ripping the league up. And he like literally ripping the league up and showing why he was the number one pick. I think Connor Bernard will do the same thing. Yep. Um, and I think the media is finally starting to see it and is starting to take a foot off of the Bedard, um, the, the Bedard promo, um, you know, yep. promo mode. So let's, let's keep our fingers that that Connor gets a little bit more uh, luck puts the puck in the net and Chicago gets back winning. But um, my hat's off to my hat's off to, to uh, Jack Hughes. I mean, just an amazing start for the devils. Well, um, and, a, and a good pickup by Tommy Fitzgerald, picking up Tyler Toffoli too in the off season to add to that already potent lineup. But if we can just touch on that, that Connor Bedard goal last night that was taken back. This yeah. is what I don't like about video review for offside. I like video review for, Match penalties, did he get him in the head or did he get him in the shoulder? Because that's a five-minute penalty. We want to get that right. We want to get goalie interference right. We want to make sure the puck's across the line. But that that offside was less than a – it looked like it was – it looked like it honestly could go either way. And he scores. The building's rocking. Connor Bedard, it's on ESPN. Boom, everything's all – and then all of a sudden, boom, let's suck the, let's suck the <laughs> out of the building. And over a play that is less, less than a half an inch offside, that's not why we bought, brought in video review for offsides. I don't have a solution, but one idea I heard on somebody, maybe it was ESPN last night, because it was 30, 20, 30 seconds later they scored. They were cycling, change of possession, blah, blah, blah. Maybe we say as soon as the other team gains possession, then, then you don't challenge it again. You can't challenge it. So, so the other team gains possession. There's a turnover. Chicago gets the back. Boom, they score. I don't know what the answer is, but I don't like when we suck, especially in a playoff game, when we suck the yeah. end of a building. And I think what you said is, is one of the key elements and why people don't like the offsides rule and the offsides replay because it stops the action. It's, the, it's usually the longest look to get the yeah. call properly. And I think I think – the league and the teams and the game needs an element of human error in it. And part of that human error is seeing whether the puck goes in before the skate. And you're right. That, that play went on for 20 or 30 seconds before that puck went in that. There's so many things that could happen that would have altered that goal that didn't happen. I don't like the rule. I think they should take the offsides um, rule out in terms of the video replay and let the things that really affect the game, like the puck going over net, like you said, like the goaltender interference, the hit to the head that will have a five-minute major, which can affect the game in a big way. So great point by you on that offside. You know rule. I, absolutely, I absolutely hate it. You know how many goals were scored when you played that were offside and nobody talked about it the next Tons. day? Human Tons. error. Tons. And keep the game going for the fans. Don't yeah. make it three hours. I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go to our first uh, guest. We're going to go to Chandler. <laughs> Chandler is in uh, good old Minnesota. I think he's still in Minnesota. Um, friend of mine and a guy that just loves the game of hockey, and I'm sure he's going to have a couple good takes. See if we can get him up there. Um, I, I, wonder if, I, wonder, I wonder if he's, uh, if he's, if he's a fan of, of the Minnesota Wild because they like, there he is. What's up, Chandler? How we're doing, boys? Thanks for having me on, Jr. So, so, Tim, can you guess? Can you guess what Chandler's um, first love of sport is? He's got the British Open, the Ryder Cup. I love it. <laughs> I love it. 
So Chandler, good to see you, my friend. Love that you jumped on the show. Uh, welcome to nofilter.net and snipes and stripes. And I know you have a couple takes. Give me, give me what you got. What's up? Well, guys, thanks for having me on. I think uh, two uh, quick kudos for you guys and getting your podcast started. I think one, it's very unique to have a referee perspective uh, on podcasts. It's been long overdue. So Tim, great to have you on these. Um, I think what you guys are actually doing right now, letting a slacker like me come on your show, I think you're actually ahead of the curve a little bit as far as fan interaction um, and getting fan perspective uh, involved in these podcasts. So I'll try to offer mine. Um, Jerry, you know why I'm jumping on. Um, and you guys just touched on it. Um, and I think uh, what you guys talked about was right in line with how I see it. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about the offsides challenge. Um, you know, Tim, I, I sense your frustration. Um Allow me just to run through some points, and I want to turn it back over to you guys. But um, when I was going back into, like, why did this come into the league? Um, I don't know if you guys can remember. There's a pretty egregious goal back in 2013. Uh, Matt Duchesne scored a goal. He's about six feet off sides. Puck came in late. Uh, the goal stood, and everyone's going, how can we have this in the game? We, we have to put replay on this so we never have another goal like this. Look, linesman got screened, complete whiff. It happened. Um, but what Tim was just kind of saying is like, do you know how many offsides there were in JR's era that we just never paid attention to, but it was close enough. Um, so let me run in a little longer here. Um, 2016 Stanley cup finals. I remember texting JR about this. Um, we should have known back then that this thing was broken. Uh, first game of the Stanley cup finals in Pittsburgh, first goal of the finals puck goes in the zone last night, like the Bedard goal. It's in there for 30 seconds. Uh, Latang has it twice, uh, coughs it up a second time, goes to PK at the point, and he buries it. Now, this was actually back when coaches could just challenge whenever they felt like it. There was no uh, possibility of a two-minute penalty. So, yeah, let's let's try to get one off the board, right? So Ryan Hansen's skate was off the ice as he was straddling the blue line as the puck went across, and they took the goal, the first goal of the Stanley Cup Finals off the board. So they can sense it's broken a little bit. So they try to protect the rule by then having teams get penalized for two minutes if you get the challenge wrong. So where do we stand today? Where we are today is every team has a video review person that every time a goal is scored, they are looking for a bailout. And they're running to their iPads going, oh, can we, can we, can we get one off the board? You know, like last night in Chicago, Anthony Cio is two inches off sides. And look, what Peelzy just said is we suck the air out of a building on a Bedard goal because of two inches. So my question here is like, is is two inches offsides a big enough advantage to take a goal off the board? I'm going to run through my points of concern and turn it back over to you guys, right? Um, JR, that's about the equivalent of saying, if JR teed off two yards in front of the tee box in a par five, that's <laughs> not the <laughs> That'd be a par four. <laughs> um, that's a good equivalent though, Chandler, if you yeah. think about it. The other thing here is that I think we have this perception that if we have replay, we'll always get it right. Uh, last week, the TNT game in Detroit, um, Andrew Kopp scored a goal late in the game. Kenny Alberts calling the game, and we all watched it. We're like, yeah, that one's actually about a foot offside. So that one's coming back, and it stood. So we like to believe that like, if we have replay, we'll always get it right, and it'll always be perfect. And it yeah. Won't, right? Yeah, you know, you know what the problem is, Chandler, is I, I think all sports need an element of human error. We have it in we have it in the NBA. How many times do we see someone get hit in the face or a foul and the referees don't call it? How many times do we see in football uh, what should be a flag and they don't call it? Uh, and 
the problem is, is we have a fast paced game and the, the fans come and they don't want to stay there and, and sit there and wait for the referees to go to the penalty box, look it over and over again, stop the adrenaline, especially like you just said and what Tim said earlier, you have Connor Bedard scores in his own building, right? Against the Boston Bruins who have a, a great following and it takes all the air out of, out of that arena. It takes the air out of Bedard. I, I, I don't like it. Um, just great points by the history of it, Chandler. I've been curious to see what you think, Tim. But Well, Chandler, it's funny you bring that, that play up with uh, Matt Duchesne because when you see the replay, Matt Duchesne actually looks back at the linesman almost to say, really, you're, you're not blowing this down? So actually, Derek Amell, who was a linesman in that game, and I was talking to him this morning, he's one of my best friends, worked eight Stanley Cup, maybe 10 Stanley Cup finals. He worked a gold medal game in Russia. Okay, he is was, but what happened is he thought the Nashville player whacked the uh, stick of the of the uh, Colorado player and negated the offside. Long story. This guy is an incredible linesman, and all of a sudden, because one call is missed in a regular season game, we now need video review. And I think it was the biggest overreaction by the league in in a long time. Well, uh, they'll get it right one of these times. I don't think it would hurt the game. I don't think the fans would be mad if they took that offsides uh, replay away. Um, I think it would speed up the game, and we might have we might have more goals, to tell you the truth. But Chandler, I love you, buddy. I'm so happy you joined us. I'm glad that you like our, our fan interaction right here on nofilter.net. No Nobody else does it better. And I better see you either next week or on the golf course, whichever soon. It doesn't matter. You got it. Can I add one more point on this on this topic? Yes, one more. Go ahead. Yeah, I think like like Peeler, both you guys were debating like, well, should we edit? You know, should we say like, well, if the goal happened in the first ten seconds, then you can review it, or if the defense team got possession, then you can't review it. Again, I think we're trying to protect a rule that should just come back out of the game. I know we can do this, and let me just throw this part in there. I know we can walk away from the ledge because golf did it. Um, JR, I know you're a big golfer, and uh, Tim, I don't know if you are or not. Yep. But golf golf went through this uh, from about 2011 to 2016. We actually had fans calling tournaments because they would see things on TV. Yep. Golf, you got into like HD television. You'd see a ball move by a dimple, and all of a sudden the phone boards would light up. We'd have fans calling penalties on the players. Um, it got to a point – in uh, the U.S. Open 2016 at Oakmont, the final round, where Dustin Johnson wasn't sure if he was going to be penalized two strokes or not as he's trying to protect a three-stroke a three lead. Golf in 2017 got to the point where they go, you know what, no more fans calling in, and we're not going to use HD television to call penalties on players. If we can't see it with the naked eye and the player doesn't know that it happened, it didn't happen. So here we are in hockey going – how fast the game moves, and we're trying to slow it down and be like, Anthony Cio's skate is two inches off sides. It's close enough. It's not an advantage. Just take it out. If, if we don't catch that Matthew Shane goal, again, like we made a rule because of one miss. I think, yeah. I think the word that you just used there, Chandler, and I love all your points. I think the key word that you used was advantage. That, 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 his, that two inches, I think it was less than two inches, had no bearing on the play. Yeah, no it didn't. And you're never going to get it right, whether the other team touches the puck and then it, you can't review it. I mean, that's probably the best situation that you can possibly have besides just taking it out. And I'll just finish this uh, this last thing with it. You know what? The NHL wants more scoring. If they want more scoring, 
don't use a replay to take a goal away. So that's right. it, Chandler. You're the best, buddy. I'll I'll chat with you again later. Thanks for being on. Uh, what great points! I, I I love I love that about Chandler, and I love that about all of our all of our listeners. They're 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 so they're so up on hockey. You got Luch over here saying three goals called back um, in the Rangers Columbus game. So another Very great another great thing. Knowledgeable um, hockey fans. But buddy. here here we got to keep we got to keep up with the refs because the refs seem to be the topic of choice right now. Did you did you see the Seattle Detroit game? Did you see the kid throw a stick? I did. Jaden Schwartz, former uh, Blues player, uh, playing for Seattle now, good player, uh, pulled a desperate move. You know, he he threw a stick, and it it doesn't happen very often. And there's no question. <laughs> but bring I- the context. Bring the context. I mean, the game. It's late in the game. And Detroit has a has a cross-ice pass to a wide-open one-timer for a yeah. shot and a possible goal. And Schwartz is out of position. So in desperation, he throws his stick into the passing lane and actually gets lucky and hits the puck and breaks it up. Yeah, yeah. At, at, I mean, that, at that point, it was 2-1 Seattle. Uh, Detroit player had, had a great opportunity to score on a one-timer. The officials don't call it. Seattle gains control of the puck. You <laughs> By the way, we know you guys are blind. You guys are like the three blind mice, but this one's like the four, four. blind mice. Four. Now so, it's the four. Well, it used to be three, but now it's the four blind mice. You can't tell me that in a hockey game with four stripes on the ice and not one of them sees or calls brain shorts that throws his stick and he threw it like 10 feet away from him. Yeah, well, let me finish. So ridiculous to add add insult to injury. Seattle then gets control of the puck, goes up the ice, and scores. No way. And and Little Caesars, the arena is just going crazy. The chanting refuse suck. Mickey Redman, I think, is about ready to 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 (laughs) fall off his his chair. I'm listening to the broadcast, and it's not just the, the the two referees on that play. I tweeted out the the rule last night. The linesman can also, as soon as Seattle gains possession, you let the play continue. As soon as Seattle gains gains possession, you the linesman could blow the whistle down, go over to the ref, say Jaden Short threw the stick. Uh, Detroit is now awarded a penalty shot, and that's what the rule is. It's a penalty shot. It was a big miss by the, the officials in a two one game that then became three one. Detroit came back, tied it up, got a point out of it. But I can tell you right now, Derek Lalonde and Lalonde and Steve Eiserman. I'm sure Steve uh, was texting with Coley, going, "How is how did this happen? How did we not get a penalty shot here? How did like to your point? How did four officials miss this call?" Uh, it's again, we got to go back to human error, but that's that's ridiculous human error. I mean, it you know what it 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 also happens when you have maybe inexperienced referees. Uh, you've got one guy, it's his second year in the league. Another guy's got 400 games in the NHL. You, you, yeah, but are they afraid? Are they afraid because they, they feel that being linesmen, that they don't want to step on the, the referee's toes by making a call? Are they nervous of that? Because well, I, I, can, I can tell you right now, one of the linesmen, Devin Berg, has worked uh, third round. He's a very good playoff linesman. The other linesman, Tyson Baker, who's never worked playoffs, if he hadn't made that call, 
he might get playoffs this year. Like when you're an official, you are drooling if you get an opportunity to make a call that's so unique that doesn't happen very often in the game. If a young official steps up and makes that call, his boss being Stephen Walkham is like, I can count on this kid. I'm putting him in the playoffs. So now, let me just, let me ask, let me ask you another question. Let me ask you another question because Steve Eisman is probably going to call Colin Campbell and complain. Um, will will the league contact the referees and and say what happened? Why didn't you call this? Would they get fined for not making the call secretly behind the scenes? To me, mm-hmm. because they should. I mean, the yeah. referees should have been fined last night for missing that call. You can't. I, I don't think fine for missing calls, Jr. Because sometimes you. Why just the players? Miss- the players get fined for 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 mis- misusing the the rules. No, they don't. No, they they don't. don't. Hitting so in the mis- head, mis- fine. What do you mean mis- What do you mean they they don't players don't get fined if they miss a wide open net. No, but they get they get fined for doing something stupid. Guess what? <laughs> well, these the referees guys- did something stupid. They missed an obvious they they obvious didn't. call. They didn't do something stupid. It wasn't stupid. They just missed the call. They froze, and for whatever reason, they but didn't. That's their it. job. That's their job, Tim. That's but their job is to make I, those calls. And there's four of them. That. And there's four of them. Listen, I agree that the call should have been made, but they. I was fined once in my career for mis. Uh, I, I assessed the wrong rule to to a certain play. Our guys will get fined if they screw up a rule. But in a case where they miss a call, they're not. Yeah, but that's the difference. Nobody in the rink realizes that you guys messed up a call or a rule. So you're getting fined because of what happens within the confines of the offices. Okay. How how could the refs not be fined for having something that is so blatantly obvious and did have an effect on the game? That's, That's ridiculous to me how... I think I think missing the call with the stick is so much more egregious than missing the the definition of a call. Well, we can debate that, but do you think it would make would it make you feel better if knowing that a referee got fined and would that make him a better referee? Yes. He, you, you think it's called, he, it's called it's called accountability. Well, no, I agree with accountability. Accountability for our referees is when they don't get picked to do the playoffs because they ah. did, because they did screw up throughout the year. Accountability is we probably had 15 guys fired over the last 10, 15 years. Guys get let go because of poor performance. I don't think you can, I don't think you can start finding guys because they miss a call. It's accountability. And guess what? I think it and they will learn by having the same same reason why players get fined. And by the way, players miss the playoffs too when they don't when they don't do their job properly. And it's unfortunate, but that's, that's, I guess that's always going to be a debate. I, I think I'd like to see, I would love to see refs fine because as players, we never saw the refs get any accountability or get, or hear what they were told by the, by the national hockey league when they were brutal. They, they, I mean, I would, they, I would, they keep it very tight. They keep it very tight. It's uh that's a debate we can have for another time on, on most protected, most protected group of, of athletes on the planet, mm-hmm. NHL referees. Um, let, let's, let's talk about not protected people right now. And th- these are some of the teams that we thought were going to be really good that are just absolutely making a mockery of their season already. The Edmonton Oilers. And um, I got to admit, I, 
coming into the season, I thought they were going to be good. Seeing how they did in the playoffs last year, how close they got, Connor McDavid, Drysaddle again another year together. I thought they thought they had learned their lesson of secondary scoring. Well, holy cow, this team cannot put it together. They lose again last night. You know they. I didn't, you know, I was watching, I, I watched some games, but I was primarily watching the ESPN red zone, if you want to call it the, the NHL frenzy, because I wanted to see plays throughout all the games. But I was reading this morning, Edmonton had three too many men on the ice penalties last night. How do you have three too many, I, men, too many men on the ice penalties in one game? I, I, I've never heard of that. It, it goes back again to what we were talking about in the beginning of the show with the Buffalo Sabres not being mentally in the game. I would agree. Being totally out of the game. And out, I'd even say that for the Detroit Red Wings last night because here they are. They're feeling a little cocky about their start and how good they're playing, how good their power play is. And they're playing at home and they have Seattle coming in, which I still consider an expansion team. And it was 3-1 after the first period. Detroit started late. They weren't prepared. And that's Edmonton Oilers. Besides McDavid and Dreisaitl, this entire team does not prepare for the games. They don't, they don't do anything to help the team win. Darnell Nurse has been terrible this year. How much does he make? Oh, my goodness. He should wear a mask, uh, uh, a mask when he goes to the rink every day. He's getting paid, I think it's 10 or 11 million bucks a year. He's... I don't understand why Kenny. I, I've you and I both have so much respect for Kenny Holland, but I don't know how he, he must have been. It must have been Thanksgiving or something, and, or Christmas, because I don't know how he got that. And then this Evan Bouchard is just atrocious on the back end. He was on, I think, for three of the four goals last night. He's on. He's a minus eight for the season. The only good, the only part of his game is his slap shot from the point on the power play. Yeah. defensively they're not that good they're not you and i have talked about it they're not deep enough in the third and fourth lines i get a kick out of all these experts in canada that were predicting uh that edmonton was going to win the cup and they're one five and one they well, could be they could be one eight one nine and one by the time Connor mcdavid comes back and that's a big it's hole. it's not good they're they're not in good situation and by the way um you have Nugent Hopkins must be really satisfied with the season he had last year because he's just been a no-show. I mean, he's one of those guys that has to be the secondary scoring on this team. And and he had a great season last year, so now he can sit back and just have his whatever, you know, whatever year this year and make his money. It drives me crazy, man. He's too soft for me. I remember a game in San Jose once. He came up to me. He's like, Timmy, they're, they're cross-checking me. They're cross-checking me. I go, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's the NHL. It's a rough sport. Like, you know, if you want to go play ringette or something, maybe give that a shot, but it's the NHL. It's rough out here. I I don't, he's, he is what he is. Again, but. again, it's the complacency, right? Even Chandler's, even Chandler's like, you can't, you can't, you can't buy heart and passion. You, you can't buy it. But at some point you, you have to find it in you to have the heart and passion for your own, for your own well-being, for 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 your own pride, in front of your the fans that you're playing against, because you know you're going to get beat up by the fans, you know you're going to get t- called out by the media, and I like where is the anger? Where's the passion? And Edmonton Oilers right now, they were they actually started that game pretty well, and then just folded. They just gave up. Well, and you mentioned for the fans, 
times are tough now in, in, in our world, as far as the economy is going, you know, we see the attendance in Winnipeg, Toronto, Toronto will always be Toronto because of the corporate sales sales that they have, but places like Edmonton, Winnipeg, Calgary, these are people that are hardworking people that save their money up so that they can go and take their, their son or daughter to a game. And then when they get that kind of, uh, uh, production or whatever you want to call it that's disappointing and you know what they've been beating up the Edmonton goaltenders this year Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell Jack Campbell last night played outstanding there could have been three or four more more goals (laughs) it's amazing that you say that he gave up seven six or seven goals and he said he played amazing that really that's how bad the defense is that really tells you how bad the Edmonton Oilers are right now. And they are in disarray and it doesn't get better because Connor McDavid is out for a couple weeks. Um, you know, we move to the other side of the, of, of the league in Washington. Here's a team. Here's a team that is just, I think totally, I don't want to say too old, but this team is so bad. I watched the game last night, the Washington Capitals and Toronto just manhandled them. The only thing the Washington Capitals were doing last night was trying to set up Ovi to score a goal. Yeah. And I think this team this year, and I was on I was on my other podcast uh, after the whistle with with uh, Andrew Peters and Craig Rebay this morning, and Andrew Peters said something really really good, uh, which was very I, I took I took to heart, and I was like, wow, that's an amazing comment. The Washington Capitals year is not about making the playoffs; it's no. about getting it's about getting Ovi goals to catch Gretz. That's it seems like that's their only motive on the year because <laughs> they're not playing to win hockey games. They were awful last night. No, you know what? You won't say that they're too old, but I'll say they're too old. You know, the, they're the second oldest team in the league. Pittsburgh's first at 31 years old and Washington second at 29.6 at 30 years old. Uh, sorry, Pittsburgh's at 31. Washington's at basically at 30. So, Tom Wilson, who I love, I loved how Tom Wilson, I don't necessarily agree with some of his blindside hits, but if you were a fan, you'd want him on your team. He looks like he's had some pretty bad injuries over the past few years. I don't know if he can get his game back to what it was. Backstrom. Well, you, can say the same, you can say the same for Backstrom. He looks like, but, he's, he, you look like he's he looks, playing to not get not hurt. hurt. Right. 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 He's playing to not get hurt and get over the puck. Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov looks like he wants to be in a spa, not yeah. on not on the ice. I mean, yeah. this, this, this guy has he just has such a lack of passion and care right now. He's trying to play the game on only talent. He doesn't have any drive. He no. doesn't have any 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 um, just desire to break through to to beat somebody with physicality to to outwork somebody. And if he doesn't win with just his talent, you know what? He just goes to the bench. And I um, love PJ Oshie. He's, he's, I, I've known him for years. He's a tremendous person. He wasn't fast five years ago. Now the game's even faster. He's still a good player, but they just don't have that. Speed. Yeah, but you know what? You know what you get with Osh? You get, you get passion. Oh, yeah. You get, you get passion. You get heart. You see the kid work. Now, TJ is not a good skater. Okay. It's his, one of his worst attributes is he's not a fast skater. He's not a graceful skater. But he he does so many intangibles and he's super smart, smart that he gets away with it. He's like Joe Pavelski, right? He goes to the right places to score goals. He sacrifices his body. He'll hit, he'll take hits and he puts in an honest effort. 
you're going to be okay with a player like that in your team. You're not going to give that guy crap because you can see that he wants it. You can see the passion. You don't see that with Kuznetsov at all. No, no. A a lot of the, unfortunately, a lot of the Russian players, they, uh, they can't wait for the world championship and, and go back to their home country. And I love Oshi. And, and to your point, uh, you know, he's got the passion. He's smart, but they're just old. They're getting old, buddy. They don't have the team that they had. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah, I think you're right. Ovechkin had 14 shots last night. He finally scored a goal. It's um, no coincidence that two of the top that were the top teams four five years ago, Pittsburgh and Washington are the two oldest teams in the league and they're both struggling. It's yeah, a young at, man's team now, buddy. It's at a young some point, team, at know. some point, you got to suck it up and you got to re- retool. And I think those both those teams are at that point right now. And I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel bad for Ovechkin. I I I, I want to see him score goals. I don't want to see this this team get just diverted to just setting Ovi up to score goals. Um, I feel bad for for Ovet for um, Sidney Crosby and for Malkin. I mean, they haven't started off the way we all expected, but. Uh, I still think Pittsburgh does better than Washington today. Washington this year, Washington might Washington might get the first pick next year. But you know who's not going to get the first pick? And they're making me look like a fool right now because you and I have a bet that we made uh, <laughs> the beginning of, of our show in the beginning of the season, and I was convinced that the Boston Bruins were going to be awful this year. They lost Patrice Bergeron. They lost Krejci. They lost Hall. They lost Foligno. They lost Clifton. They lost a boatload of quality players. I mean boatload. And what are they? They're 6-0. and And they're on a West Coast swing, and they're just making the league look easy again like they did last year. It's incredible. You know, you think of the history of the Boston Bruins. This is the first time in the history of the Boston Bruins even – the record-breaking year that they had last year, the first time that they've started 6-0. and Listen, when we made that bet, I didn't think they would start 6-0. Yeah, Chandler, Chandler, remind me, they lost Bertuzzi too. I mean, that's amazing. Right. But you know you know what I think is and, – and sometimes coaches often take a lot of crap when the team isn't doing well and it's the first person to go is the coach. But quite often the coach doesn't get a lot of recognition either. Jimmy Montgomery is a very, very, very smart hockey man. I got to know Jimmy uh, when he retired from the NHL. He was living here in St. Louis. Back in our single days, we would go out a little bit and have some fun. He played for the University of Maine, uh, won a national championship there, went on to play a little bit in the NHL, went on to the University of Denver, won national championships. And Jimmy Montgomery from everything that I've people I've talked to and so on. They say he's one of the smartest hockey guys around and players love playing for them. Like they love. I I think, I think that's the key, right? Is he, he gets the players that nobody's watching or nobody's expecting to do great things, to do great things to the secondary players. We thought that the Boston, again, you know, behind, behind pasta, behind Marchand, that, there was going to be no secondary scoring. Well, they're getting secondary scoring. They're getting four lines of play. Their defense is great. Their goaltending with Olmark and Swayman are are fantastic. Everybody's doing their job again, and that comes from leadership and coaching. Hundred percent. And I and I, you know, we know how strong their defense is. But you just talked about Swayman and Olmark. Allmark's 962 save percentage. Swayman's 957. Unbelievable numbers. Yep. 
And then they've got this young kid, Matthew, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, name right Potra, Potra. Uh, six games played, three goals, one assist. This kid is fast. It's his first yep. year of junior hockey. He was a second-round draft pick. Um, you know, it's great. It's great. It's awesome. But see, this is what happens. This is what happens. The coach comes into the training camp, and I've been in this situation before, uh, and you're a new kid in that in that locker room, and you're wondering whether you're going to make the team. You're wondering if you're going to have a spot. And a coach comes in and says, hey, guys, there are spots open on this team that you can actually grab one of these spots and become an NHL player. And it takes mm -hmm. all these young kids that are in that locker room, and it lifts them up. And it says it gives them an opportunity to say, hey, I, I got a chance. I'm going to grab the bull by the horns and I can actually do this. And you know what that does? It builds so much confidence in a young player. And these guys are going out and taking advantage of their opportunity. I love it. Did you see the fight between Trent Frederick and who was the big kid from L.A. the other night, Jr.? Did you happen to see that fight? I missed it. Big kid. And Frederick, Frederick goes, you want it? You want me? Let's go. And they've got they've got what we talked about earlier, they've got character on that team. They've got guys with passion. You know, yep. I saw Marshawn messing around with Bedard again last night. He was pinning him up against the boards, just being a little, you gotta love it. And, and uh, they, you know, they've got a good hockey team. Listen, they won playoff yep. games last year without Bergeron in the lineup. They are a good hockey team. Boston Bruins, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, oh. I we put the Dallas Stars in there. Uh, Vegas. Vegas Golden Knights. These guys are the powerhouses right now uh, of the league. We're gonna, we're gonna go. We're gonna bring one more uh, one more guest on. Let's uh, bring Luch on um, before we have to end up. Uh, we got a, about ten minutes left. Uh, always love to bring in our, our our guests. I have to say sorry to John. I didn't get to you, but Luch, what's going on, pal? You got the game on behind you there, the Blackhawks shirt. You're looking good with the headphones on. What do you got for us, pal? Welcome to the show. Uh I want to see what you guys think of the New York Rangers, uh, how they're set up for this year. <laughs> very, 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 very funny that you brought up the New York Rangers because we actually were talking about the New York Rangers pre-show. So, Tim, why don't you take that question away early? Well, and I don't know where I heard it today, but it was a, it was a good comparison. If somebody said it's like when you open up a, a, a bottle of soda and it really doesn't have that fizz anymore, it's kind of stale. That's kind of what I think about the Rangers. They don't do anything for me this year. I don't see, you know, last year, you know, they blamed it on Gallant, and I love Gerard Gallant. I think he's a great coach, and they bring in Laviolette, and I don't see any difference with that team. I don't see – I just don't see, like, maybe, you know, maybe it's because it's the first, you know, few weeks of the season, JR. We're talking about the passion. I just don't see any passion with them. I don't know what their identity is. I really don't. They've got tremendous goaltending and a couple good defensemen and obviously some forwards, but I don't know what their identity is, Jay. Well, Tim, let me let me uh let me correct you a little bit when you open up a can of soda. It's flat. It's not stale. It's the yeah. bread that becomes wow. stale. Wow. And I do think that you are right on that because the Rangers do look stale to me. They do look flat. It uh, just seems that they're trying to find their identity right now, which is kind of crazy because I, I thought last year going into the playoffs that they were one of my favorite teams to win the Stanley Cup. Their goaltending is sick. Uh, Panarin is obviously awesome. Kreider had an amazing year last year. But I just I haven't seen anybody on the Rangers step up and take the bull by the horns and grab that team and say, listen, 
we're not going to be overshadowed by the New Jersey Devils, by the way, because everybody's talking about the Devils and not talking about the Rangers. And it's always Ranger country. You're, you're there, right? Yep. As a Ranger fan, you got to be you got to be just just irate that everybody's talking about the Devils and Devils, and that Jack Jack Hughes is leading the league in points, and he's the he's the star of New York, New Jersey, and it's not it's not in the in the blue shirt, right? I'm I'm hoping that we get some uh, some little bit of uh, action out of Lafreniere this year too, you know. Hopefully, he steps to up give a him bit. to give him a little bit of credit. Uh, he has scored a couple goals this year. He looks a little bit better, um, but until Lafreniere stops being afraid of his own shadow in the corners and is afraid of getting hit and realize he's playing a big man sport, a big boy sport. And he starts having a little bite and grit in his game. This guy could be really, really good. But as soon as he gets in that corner and he sees his shadow, he pulls up and looks around. And next thing you know, someone's either knocking him against the glass or the puck's gone and he's out of it. But he has shown a little bit more flashes of what he can do early. So I'm hoping good things for him. I agree. Yep. But, but Luch, it's uh, great having you on, buddy. I, listen, I love having you. love having the hockey behind you, the Blackhawks shirt, and uh, keep rooting for those Rangers. Maybe they'll wake the up a little bit. He's got the ref shirt. He's there. He's, 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 he's repping. But um, listen, I, how did you like – we got a couple minutes here. How did you like the, uh, the Frozen the, – the, what do they call it? The Frozen Fury or – Frenzy. Frozen frenzy. Um, I, loved it. I loved it, buddy. Like I really did. I I got to yeah. give we, Kevin Weeks and John Butchergrass a shout out. They did a tremendous job. I didn't know how it would go. You know, it's their first time doing it, and has ESPN lived up to the expectations like TNT? Probably not. Um, but I thought they did a tremendous job last night, and I think we should do more of it. It doesn't have to be every team playing every night. We can do it when there's eight or ten games, eleven games in a night. Yeah, I agree. I like I like the fact when they jump around, you see the things that are happening in the games because unfortunately, you know, for us, for a lot of us, it's either ESPN or TNT. We don't get to see a lot of other games. We want to see what's happening, we want to see great plays, we want to see teams on power plays when they pull the goaltender. I like I like that aspect, but I also I really enjoyed especially being out here in California, game starting at three o'clock yeah. and getting to watch hockey all the way until I fall asleep at 11 o'clock here with late games out in California. It's um, it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a great addition so far. I hope they do it a, a number of times. Um, there were people I was listening to people were having, you know, frozen frenzy parties at their house. I mean, this is, this is what we want with, uh, with hockey and hockey well, on television. And, and Pat McAfee did a great clip today on the Pat McAfee show and his new segment this year is hockey is awesome. And he did a clip of a referee got in the way of a player in the corner. I saw that. Yeah. And the player goes, or the ref goes, Hey, I owe you a beer. McAfee loved that. He goes, we'd never see that in any other sport. He goes, I love that. Yeah. And you saw all the other clips and, and yeah, that's good for our games, exposing our game like that uh, on national television I, I think we should uh, – well, I'm sure they've, they're going to do it, but it was a great idea. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So um, I want to thank everybody for watching the show. Uh, again, I want to thank our sponsors, which is Whiskey in the Wild and, of course, BetOnline.com. Uh, speaking of BetOnline.com, which is a, is a great site if you're a gambler like myself, uh, let's pick really quick the end of the show. Tomorrow, Thursday, lots of games going on. Uh, I'm going to make a pretty good prediction tomorrow, and I think for your money, 
Watch for Detroit to bounce back at home tomorrow on Thursday for uh, for probably one of my best. I think one of my best picks for money back being a dog at home. Who do you like tomorrow? You know what, buddy? I, before I get into my pick, I really I've enjoyed watching that Detroit game, team this year. Steve Eiserman's plan it seems like it's it maybe a year or two ahead of schedule. That is a fun hockey team to watch. Right, fun now. hockey team. And I think they bounce back against Winnipeg tomorrow. For yeah, sure. my game. Uh, I I'm a big Dallas Stars fan as far as what I think their potential is this year. They've got a tough game tomorrow night at home to to Toronto and Austin Matthews. I think Dallas takes them takes them down at home. It's only uh, minus one twenty five for uh, for Dallas or minus one ten. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's a good. That's still good. Good money. Not you don't have to you don't have to put up too much to win some money. So everybody go to betonline.com. Put in your bets. We have been pretty hot here on Snipes and Stripes on NoFilter.net. Appreciate everybody to be here. Remember next week seven p.m. Eastern time, four p.m. Pacific. We love having our fans come in and join in. And by the way, great referee takes tonight, Tim. You did a great job. Way to go. Great job, buddy, as always. I love you, man. All right. Take care, guys. See you next week. Thanks for joining. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.